So this morning I want to look at breaking of bread. And often we find ourselves not doing it on a regular basis. Whereas the Word actually says to us, devote yourselves to. And one of the things there is breaking of bread. Devote yourself to. Persevere in it. I want to encourage you that you don't have to wait for a Sunday morning. That at home with your wife, with your children, with your husband, you guys can break bread together. But to do it properly, you need understanding. And so I'm going to try and give you a bit of that this morning. So that when you break bread, you understand what you're actually doing. What, what is actually happening here? Who knows that in the desert, the Israelites didn't have any food. And so God gave them manna. You, you know what I find really strange? Is what they called manna. Do you know what they called manna? You guys haven't read your Bibles, eh? My wife's got it. It means, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? And so you can imagine them walking around. What is it? And they'd been told that you're only allowed to pick up enough for one day, and if you pick up for two days, it will go rotten, except on a Saturday. So they were given manna, but we've been given bread from heaven. It speaks about the fact that Jesus Christ is like bread from heaven, and he died for us. But more than he died for us, he actually rose again. So many of us keep Jesus in the grave. So many of us keep Jesus up on the cross. No, he, he was on a cross, he went to a grave, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So 1 Corinthians 11 and verses 23, I think to 26, I'm, I might have put 30. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when we break bread, we find ourselves uh, either working in one of five ways. The first one is, Paul says, do this in remembrance of me. So we need to look back. We need to look back over our shoulder. We need to remember the, what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. We can't live there and He's not there any longer, but we need to remember what He did for us. He died for you and He died for me. If He did not die, we would not have salvation. And the thing is, He wasn't only the Son of God, He was God. Some cults, actually say that he was the son of God and they refuse to put him on the same level as God. I want to tell you that he was the son of God, but he was God. Was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
And we see this Passover meal that we need to celebrate this thing. So in the Old Testament, as the, the, the Israelites were coming out of the desert, uh, the Lord had, uh, the God had spoken to them and said, you need to kill a lamb and you need to take the blood from that lamb and you need to paint the top, down the, the lintel, down the doorposts, and when the angel of death comes, he will pass over your house. If you didn't have that in your, over your house, you would have lost your firstborn child. Because that's what happened if you didn't have it. And Pharaoh lost his firstborn child. That's why he actually kicked the Israelites out. Up to that moment, he had been finding all sorts of excuses not to send them out, but to keep them in. So this morning, if, if you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ over your life, you are actually dead spiritually. I don't like to say this, but you are going to hell. I've got three sons. Two of them serve the Lord. The youngest one doesn't. He was a worship leader in a church. He knows the significance of giving his life to the Lord, but he has chosen to walk away. And so he's, take, he's made the decision not to serve Jesus. I want to tell you today, you need, we need to look back. The blood of the Lamb sets us free. It sets us free. It's, it's like a cutoff point. When you say to the devil, this far and no further. So we need to remember the foundation of our faith. And in the Old Testament as well, the Israelites would build altars every now and again just to remind themselves of what God had done for them. I want to ask you this morning, if you look back over your shoulder, have you got some altars? I can see Andre has. He remembers the times and the dates, and those are altars. Hey, this is what happened. Then this is what happened. And this is when I came a full-time deacon at the moment in the church. And... The next thing is when we look back, it says that whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So it's every time you remember. But then he goes on to say, proclaim the Lord's death. Now, proclaim is a, is a prophetic word. It's a looking forward. And so we proclaim that one day Jesus will return for us. And we need to look forward to that. You know what? If, if you're not serving God, you're not looking forward to that, that day. Well, I wouldn't be. Because you know what? Uh, I know... What happens to me when I die one day or when the Lord returns? I know. I want to ask you, do you know? Do you know what happens when Jesus returns? You know what? When he returns, it's actually too late for you. Or when you die, it's too late for you. So there is a cutoff point. It's not like 
you, you've got the rest of eternity to make a decision. No, your time on earth now as you live governs eternity for what it means to you later. We need to look inside. How many of us run around doing things that we never untie? We tie knots and we never untie them. We offend people. We gossip about people. We do all sorts of things that cause knots in our life. And we need to look inside and we need to take care of that. Because the word actually says, many have fallen asleep, speaking about dying, because they have not taken care of what's inside. You shouldn't partake if you've got issues in your life. I, I want to give you a, a bit of a way out. This morning, if you, you know, you'll be sitting there and you know, Hey, I've got this thing. I need to sort it out. With my husband, with my mom, with my dad, I've got this thing that I need to sort out. If you're sitting there this morning and that person is here, I want you to go to them and say, listen, please forgive me that I've offended you. But if that person's not here this morning, I want you to commit in your heart to the Lord, first of all, Lord, I repent of what I did against that person. But when you leave here, if they're too far that you cannot go to them, phone them. Do whatever you need to do. Send them an email if you have to. But finish the job. Don't not finish the job. Finish the job. I wrote you, positive confessions will not get you into the kingdom, but grumbling will keep you out. So saying the right thing will not get you in, but gossiping and grumbling will definitely keep you out. If you go and read the story of, of uh, Moses and when he was traveling through the desert with his um, with these, uh, the Israelites, the thing that you see all the time is they grumbled. They grumbled. They wanted to go back. Can you imagine going back after you've come out of Egypt? Yes, many of us go there for a quick, it says garlic and leeks, go there for a quick smell and then come out again. We need to be those that find ourselves in a good space in these relationships. Because another thing that it says that you need to be devoted to is fellowship. Fellowship. What is fellowship? means two fellows in a ship. Can you imagine two of you in a rowing boat? How are you going to get away with not sorting things out? We need to look around. This morning we need to sit here and just look around and say, Hey Lord, I really appreciate what you've done in my life and where you've put me, where you've chosen for me to be now.
Sometimes we think, oh, I can't wait to get. No, you know what? Appreciate each other. Having been in full-time ministry now for 27 years, I've seen people die lonely deaths. You know, they, they get to the place where they're about to die and they ask you to come and pray for them. And, but you know what? They're dying. Why not, while you're alive, enjoy fellowship. I just enjoy Andre because he's a good loser. Because he supports Red Bull. Now, hey, you know what? Andre is really my buddy. He, he actually had the strength to buy me a Ferrari shirt, although he knew I'd win today. It's horrible when I got the mark, eh, Andre? And, Andre, for, for my birthday, Andre bought me some bultong. I want you to know that I think it was a whole cow that they chopped up and gave to me. There is so much biltong there. I can, I can be on a permanent biltong diet. I tell you what, it really is. It, it was such a blessing for me because when, when you're trying to lose weight, eating chips and not trying to lose weight, but you're keeping your weight going down and you start eating all those other things, you put on weight. Biltong, you can nibble it on all the time and you don't put on weight. The problem, the problem is it's really expensive to nibble on biltong. So we've got to be careful what we eat and drink. Otherwise, we can bring judgment on ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writing, he actually says to them, as I said, many of you have fallen asleep. That means died. Because they'd partake, partaken of the table of the Lord and they hadn't sorted themselves out first. I want to tell you today, I, I was so chuffed. Uh, Justine was telling me that she had actually spoken to the youth about this exact thing. And I'm so glad because the, the significance of breaking bread is so it's not something to be taken lightly and something else i want to say today if your children are under the age of accountability now this is a big one because everyone says where where does that fall i can only tell you what happened in the jewish custom but i think it's up to the parent to actually make the call and so when they reached their bar mitzvah, I think it was about 13, they, they were treated as a slave before that. And when they came, came through that age, they were then treated as a son. And so then they would have to take responsibility for themselves. So this morning, if your children are under that age, they can partake because it's not going to affect them. It's actually going to be what you do affects them. And so, our, you know, some churches, the, the people go to church and they say, oh, no, the kids can't have. And I haven't sent the children out for this reason. But uh, they are under, it's almost they are under your shadow. 
They are your responsibility. And so Paul speaks about the fact that we need to ask for forgiveness if we have offended or hurt anyone. So if I've done that this morning, Andre's nodding. <laughs> Please come and talk to me before you break bread. Or go and talk to my henchman, Johandre. I just love having this young man on team with me. It's wonderful. Full of energy, full of wanting to see what God is doing. And you know what? When we come together like this, in a place of that there's no unforgiveness, we find that there's unity. And the Word of God says in Psalm 133, it says, where there's unity, God commands, first of all, His anointing, so the presence of God, and unity, He commands His blessing. He's an, the Holy Spirit is actually God's blessing to us. Paul then writes, so the first one is, look forward so we can proclaim the Lord's death. After, look back, look forward, look inside, look around. And then Paul says, look out. Look out. I don't know about you, but my dad used to say when I was on the verge of getting a, I use Afrikaans word, a club. It's funny because I come from a hotel. We don't generally use Afrikaans words, but say, my father's going to give me a club. We need to look out because we could end up under God's judgment. I think today there's a place in church to laugh and enjoy each other and to fellowship, but there's another place where we need to be aware that the judgment of God could fall on you. And I've seen so many people say, oh, but that's not God. If I asked you a question this morning, if I said to you, do you believe God put COVID on us? Check, cheers. Put your mask on. I don't want to see that face. <laughs> Do you believe God put COVID on us? I bet you there are some that would say yes, and there would be some that would say no. I don't believe God put COVID on us, but I do believe He allowed it. You know what? The devil can't do anything without God allowing it. Nothing. And I have first-hand experience with that, with this triple bypass that I had. I don't believe God did it to me. I believe it was me not taking care of myself. But he allowed it. He allowed it. Guys, the judgment of God. 
Yeah, but he's a pastor. How can he say that? I want to tell you that there's no ways the devil could have done this without God allowing it. And, and then I need to go to the next places. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's the flesh. And for me, that's what happened with me. I didn't take care of my sugar intake. I didn't take care of uh, going to the doctor, getting those things checked out. And so when I ended up going to Lou, my heart, the veins around my heart were a mess. My heart's actually okay. But the veins around my heart were a mess. And that wasn't because of the devil or God. It was me not taking care of myself. So I urge you as well, make sure that the flesh doesn't get you down. I've always said to God, Lord, whatever you do to me or whatever I go through, help me to help others. I want to tell you guys, you know what, if you don't look after yourself physically, I see guys, and they're not necessarily going to go through the same thing as me, but they are on their way to going through the same thing. They need to take care of themselves. Wives, you you need to tell your husbands, and husbands need to tell their wives, hey, listen, come on, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, and I don't want it to be short. So this morning, as uh, I'm going to ask the worship group to, to come up, I don't want you to all rush up at the same time. I want you to think about this morning, about looking back over your shoulder. Hey, Lord, you have done so much for me. You are an amazing God. I've experienced, yes, I've had a triple bypass, but I've experienced so much good from the Lord. So much good. It's been incredible. I've, I've lived in the favor of God. Financially, you can't believe the, the, the favor of God on my life. Just a quick testimony. We were buying a house. And we, it was, it, uh, it was a, what do you call it? A, a, an estate, a deceased estate. And so we were staying in this house for years. But then eventually they said to us, okay, you have to pay the deposit in three months. And so I said to Patty, I was sitting in the, we were having our devotional as a family. My, my kids must have all been still young because they were all there. And I said to them, hey, if we don't get this money, we're going to lose this house. And guys, it, it, was seven, it was a mansion, and we bought it for 450000 And I said to them, we need 250,000 rand as the deposit to continue here, to stay here. I want us to pray this morning. So Patty, together with my three boys, laughed at me, and I said, okay, I'm going to pray. And they said to me, but is the, is the finances just going to drop down out of the sky? I said, I, don't, I can't give you the details. I'm going to tell you what I do. And so I began to pray. And then they joined in with me and, we, and they prayed. And I had my first heart attack. 
So you think, well, how did that help? Well, my insurance payouts on dreaded disease was 250,000 Rand. Actually, it was, it was 25,000 Rand more, so I actually had the tithe to pay as well. It was amazing, guys. You think, oh, how can... I had a little stent put in. It was, it was nothing at that stage. And we had a house. So this morning, we can live under God's favor, but we have to live in the pattern that he's given us. And one of the patterns is partaking of, of uh, grape juice and, and cracker because that's the pattern he's given us. But we have to partake in the right way. We cannot do it in a way that's not honoring to God. And that means uh, offenses, things that you hold against others. So I want you this morning just to, as we stand, as Johan's going to lead us in worship. Let's stand together. As we stand, we're going to... And as, as you feel in God to come and take, let's do that. And I'm going to pray up front because people are going to take it at different times. So, Lord. Okay, no, you guys can end it out. Is that what you plan to do? Yeah, no, that's fine. You can do that. You can start so long. Are they coming here? Or? Okay, guys, you, you are going up there. They're going to help you do what you need to do. As you are ready this morning, Lord, I thank you that you broke your body, that we could have life. And Lord, I thank you that you spilt your blood so that we could live under grace and the new covenant, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. If there is anyone here this morning that has never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, I wonder if you could put your hand up this morning. And I don't mean you've made him Savior. 